like I mentioned before, it is so good to be back. You know, we had, we had such a wonderful experience traveling to Israel and Jordan and walking in the places where Jesus walked and, and seeing the places where much of, of the Bible that we read has taken place. You know, walking in Capernaum and, and in the shepherd's field where Jesus was born and in the city where he did most of his ministry and, and just an, an overwhelming experience and it just so much information that we couldn't, heart, we couldn't retain all of it. But truly a life-changing experience. And, and I would encourage every one of you to, before you're old and can't walk anymore, to go over there and walk in those places because it is life-changing. You know, as we were over there, we watched, because for, for the Jewish people, they are beginning, they are entering the time of the celebration of the Passover. And for us as believers, we are entering the most holy time of the year as we celebrate the death and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. You know, for both of them, there is the requirement of the shedding of blood. One is a temporary and one is a permanent sacrifice. You know, redemption became necessary when sin entered the world. And so in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, when, when Adam and Eve entered into sin, blood had to be shed. If you remember, it said that, 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 that God made animal skin to cover Adam and Eve. So because of their sin... Blood had to be shed in order to cover them. So that was the first sacrifice. And, and, and so this bridging of the gap between man and God is called redemption. Redemption is the purchase to purchase back something that has been lost. And is purchased back by payment or ransom. And there are many passages in the New Testament that talk about Christ's suffering and, and paying the price for us. In 1 Peter 1, it says, For you know that God paid the ransom to save you from your empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not with mere gold or silver, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. And Jesus God chose him, chose him as a ransom long ago before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. The means of redemption, like I said, is always the payment by blood. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of the body is in its blood, and I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you. Making you right with God. It is the blood given in exchange for your life that makes purification possible. I'd like for you to turn to me with, to Hebrews chapter 9. And I think so often when we come into this time of, of, the, of, uh, this time of celebrating the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we get focused on, on like today. Today is what? Does anybody know what today is? 
Palm Sunday. You know, uh, last week we got to walk the path that Jesus took when he went from the Mount of Olives down into the Kidron Valley up to Jerusalem. And we get caught up in, in the events, and, in, in, and it's good for us to celebrate um, Palm Sunday and, and to remember what happened during this week. And, at the, and it's, it's a thing important for us to, to follow those days. But so often we forget the significance of why this happened. You know, we forget why the pastor, why Jesus came, why he died, and why he resurrected. And, and, and we, we lose the significance of it. And in order for us to understand it more fully, I think it's important that we understand the sacrificial system. And so go back. I know we don't like reading the book of Leviticus, but, but there's importance in the book of Leviticus in understanding the sacrificial system so we understand why Jesus' sacrifice was so important and so precious. And, you know, last week when Jews for Jesus was here explaining the Passover meal, that has real significance to it. And we have to understand that to better appreciate what Jesus did and, and how all of those things, how, how the sacrificial system pointed forward to Christ and how the Passover meal, as it was explained to you, points forward to Christ. And yet the sad thing about it is when we go to Israel and we see all of the Jewish people going through their rituals, they missed it. They missed Jesus. And so in this book of Hebrews, um, the writer is, is, is writing to, to Jewish believers who may be thinking about going back to their old rituals. And if you want to see ritual, Israel is a, is a great place to go. And we went over there, and, and they have some beautiful ceremonies. But the sad thing about it is those ceremonies are, are, are empty because, they're, because they don't have Christ. Because they missed him. But here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says, now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in the first room were the lampstand and the table and the consecrated bread. And this was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold covered Ark of the Covenant. The ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the, sto- and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss this in detail now. So when, when, when everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry out their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and and only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people that had committed they had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. 
This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipers. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings. External regulations apply until the time of the new order. You see, what the writer here, he was explaining what it was like at the time of the first covenant. You know, when the tabernacle was put into place and then when the temple was put into place, what they had to do in order to atone for their sins. They had to go through this whole ritual of of continually offering sacrifices for the sins of the people. And, you know, when we were over in Israel, you know, the Jewish people are again making preparation for another temple. There, there's an organization that is making uh, the garments for the priests. They have made much of the furniture um, that, that is talked about in this passage for the new temple. And they are actually putting together a, a replica, an exact replica of the temple, of the, the Holy of Holies, where all of the sacrifices were offered so that they can begin training priests to do the sacrifice. And they've actually done some trial runs where they have actually sacrificed lambs in order to, to understand how to do it better so that when the temple is built, that they can begin to offer sacrifices. But here it says that, you know, this was only a temporary thing applying until the time of the new order, until the time of Jesus Christ. But they don't get it. They don't understand. They're still caught up in their rituals. They are still in the old, under the old covenant. You know, on our flight over to Israel, we were on, on an airline called El Al, which is, which is a Jewish airline. And on the way over, we were, we were blessed by the presence of about 100 to 150 um, Orthodox Jews. Now, I say that blessed very facetiously because they were, they could really annoy you after a while. They were very pushy. They were very rude. And at 4 a.m., they were all up wrapping their arms and putting the, what's it called? Plactory, a box on their heads so that they could spend some time praying. And they would get their Bible out and they would pray and they would read scripture. And they did this for a time. Then they took it all off and they sat down and they were done. Uh, Very ceremonial. But when we were on our way home, there were maybe 20 of these Orthodox Jews on a plane, and I never saw any of them get up to, to, to do their prayer time. And so I asked, our, asked one of the people that, that has been over there, one of our guys, I said, why did they not get up on the way home? They said there weren't enough of them to do it. There, was, there wasn't anybody to show off to. And so there... Their sacrificial system, their old covenant system is strictly a works-based faith. And when you go to the Western Wall, you see them 
up at the Western Wall, and, and they're, they're doing the same thing when they bring in Shabbat, which was a beautiful ceremony. It was a beautiful thing to watch, and yet when you stood back and observed, it was very empty because they're still under the old covenant, still, still waiting on their Messiah. And so when you, when you step back and you watch the Jewish people in Israel, at least from my perspective, there was not a sense of peace in them. There, there, there was not, um, it was just sad to watch. And the reason that there is no peace is because they don't know Jesus Christ. still under the 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 inst- the, the the old testament institution of the old covenant but god's intent was not for that to be the final um, covenant but but he was ushering in a new covenant and that's what we celebrate a new order. And here, if you go on in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, it says, When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that was not man-made, that is to say, not a part of creation. He did not enter it by means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all with his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. You see, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal, eternal spirit offers himself unblemished to God, cleanse your conscience? from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. You see, the sacrificial system does not take care of the sin problem. It just covers it for another year. And that's why continually, day after day, they had to offer sacrifices for their sins. When Jesus Christ came, he became the final sacrifice for my sins. You see, they could be completely taken away. It could cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death and not just cover them for another year. And so when you go over there, you see them continually trying to to cover and appease for their sins, to please God. And, And we can't please God, only Jesus through Jesus Christ can we please God. And it says, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So Jesus came for us. And that, 
That's what's so important about why we celebrate this, because we are celebrating this time of year because Jesus Christ came to earth, was allowed, allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins so that we don't have to do all of these ritual things anymore. You know, we don't have to to go buy lambs and, and take them to the priest and have him sacrifice us for our sins on a continual basis. The work has been done. And so often we don't appreciate that. We don't understand that. Because once we understand what he's done, that he became that perfect sacrifice, and we don't have to do all of these other sacrificial things anymore, it should change us. It should make us, it should just change us. That do we appreciate what he's done? the reasons here's why jesus had to die because he had to come he had to come to this earth because of the sin that 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 was brought into the world and he came in order to die he came in order to be that sacrificial lamb that perfect sacrifice reason Jesus came is to enact the new covenant. You know, in verse 16 of, of Hebrews 9, it says that in, in, in the case of a will, which that word in some of your translations may be translated covenant or testament, but in case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is enforced only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while one while the one who has made it is living. You know, I have a will that leaves all of my belongings to my children. But in order for that to be put into place, I have to die. In order for the new covenant to, to come into place, to be set in place, Jesus Christ had to die. He had to die in order for the new covenant to be ushered in. So his death was absolutely necessary. Another reason that Jesus had to die was because, remember, blood was needed for the remission of sin. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, God demanded blood. Blood was the only thing that could cover sin, that could redeem people. And in verse 22 of, of Hebrews 9, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So we cannot enter the presence of God with our good deeds. We can't enter the presence of God only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And when we trust him as our Lord and Savior, then we have the shed blood of Christ that covers our sins, and we now can enter the presence of God. 
that Jesus had to come because that was the only way. He had to die. That was the only way that the new covenant could be ushered in. He had to come to shed his blood because, because that is the only way that blood is the only way that we can be forgiven of our sin. And Jesus had to come because judgment demands a perfect judge. You know, he took our place on the cross. That's important for us to remember during this time, all the time, but but one of the main, the reason he came was to become our substitute. He died on the cross for me. In verse 27 of, of chapter 9, it says, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that face the judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And the Romans were preparing the crosses for the two thieves and for a man named Barabbas, who had committed treason, who was found guilty and condemned for his wrongdoing. And although he had been found guilty and condemned of his sin, of his unlawfulness, he wasn't executed. You see, someone took his place on the cross that day. See, in the middle of the cross hung not a violent profane rebel, but a sinless son of God. Barabbas went free not because he was innocent, but because Jesus Christ took his place. And you know what? Jesus was my substitute on that cross. Because of him, my sins have forever been covered and because of him I can and I will someday enter into God's presence because of the work that Jesus did on the cross because he became my sacrifice you know it wasn't it's not because we are we deserve it or because we have earned it But it's because Jesus Christ loved me so much that he came. It's because he loved me so much that he allowed himself to be hung on that cross. It's because he loved me so much that he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. It's because he loved me so much that he allowed his blood to be shed because he knew that I needed that. And so the reason that we celebrate this season of the resurrection of Christ is because he loved me. Have you experienced the love of Jesus Christ? Because that's the question all of us will someday answer. You will either become before him as our Lord and Savior or as our judge. And I believe when the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, some of us will bow in, in, in absolute adoration of what he's done. 
and of his beauty and of his majesty, some of us will bow in shame and regret because we didn't accept that free gift that he offered when he came to this earth. And it's a wonderful, incredible gift that we have received. And yet I see so many people, like many of the Jewish people that I met running around, having no peace because they have no Savior. Do you know Jesus this morning? Have you accepted the work that he did for you? It's a free gift that all of us can have. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Not because we have earned it or deserve it, but because he loved us.